Hi everyone, welcome back to A Cup of Cozy. My name is Oriana. And I'm Wanda. And today we are taking another uh, listener request for a podcast. I do want to start off by saying this is a very, very serious topic. Um, it's something that we had planned on addressing, planned on talking about, but um, this kind of inspired us to do it a little bit sooner. Not only recent events, but um, this person reaching out to us. And I do want to start by saying that um, if you ever have an idea and you would like to be featured on here, especially with a more serious topic, because again, I think that this is a topic that there might be some people that are afraid to speak about this. Um, my mom is going to give kind of a little background on her views on this and I can give different views on it because this is a question that was really, um, from a parent and um, it's kind of in lieu of what has happened recently with gun violence in the United States. This school year alone there's been over 35 school shootings and that's just in one year, like a calendar year for school, which averages about two a month, more than two, two, you know, two, three a month. Um, This question was um, reached out to me by Uh, A lovely woman named Maria Garcia. She is from Kansas City, and she has a 7-year-old boy and a 12-year-old girl who have started asking questions and are fearful to go to school now. Um, The youngest doesn't really understand it too much, but her older daughter is now afraid, and she wanted my mom as a former teacher and a parent to talk about it. And um, I can also give a, a different kind of feeling, especially uh, being someone that was in school. So if you want to talk about... First of all, thank you, Maria, for reaching out to us. And we really appreciate that you gave us your name. And I had asked Oriana to ask Maria how old her children were because I was a kindergarten teacher and a high school substitute. And um, I also taught fourth grade. But my, my latter years of teaching were all geared towards kindergarten. So I think that I can take a different approach to tell you some things because I did have to deal with some very sensitive issues dealing with younger children. First and foremost, I want everybody to understand if you're not interested in this podcast, you can turn it off. We won't be offended. No. But <clears throat> this isn't just about shooting in school. This is the climate that we live in now where so many public events, concerts, movies, hotels, all nightclubs, you know, things that you do, restaurants, are all affected by a random shooter coming in. And um, there is also a, a rash of people coming into the most sacred of places. And to me, the most sacred places to come, not that any of them are good choices, but if you are going to go into a school and you are going to go into a religious place, that to me just makes it that much worse. Because those are two places where, above all, you should feel feel safe, but you should also feel like that's your right to be there without any harm. No parent wakes up every morning until now and thinks, I have to send my child to school and they're not going to be safe. Uh, Growing up in Manhattan, I I went to private school and then I moved to Long Beach, Long Island, um, which is also a city. I went to public school there. Never was there a worry in my mind in either or any school I went to. And then I later went on to Uh, to college at Hofstra University and NYU, never did I think for a moment as a child, as an adult, did it cross my mind, and I'm sure it didn't cross my parents' mind. 
today that is something that crosses their mind every day. And one of the things that I think is most important to remember here is when you're in high school, it doesn't make it easier. But in high school, you know what's going on. You're aware of it. You're watching the news. You're seeing it. You have some sort of defense. When you are dealing with younger children, their best defense is their teacher. So a lot of responsibility falls on teaching and administrators. Um, as a teacher, I had to live through 9-11. Being a teacher in New York and having to deal with 9-11 was probably something similar to what you deal with as someone who is involved in a shooting. It is of the utmost importance, though, that the education of how to keep yourself and your children safe starts with being prepared. There is not, and I tell you this is the absolute truth, there is not a place that I go anymore or encourage anybody that I know to go to where they don't assess the situation they are in and a means of getting out, a means of getting out fast. Now, I love to get dressed up to go out, as does most women. I am now very careful of the shoes that I wear when I go out to certain places. I want to be able to move and I want to be able to move fast. Yes, you could wear your high heels and then throw them off. That's not the point. Be aware of what you're wearing. I also, now when I go to the movies, I sit way closer to an exit than I used to sit before for the simple reason that I want to be able to get out if something happens. I assess when I go into a concert hall, where is the nearest exit? How can I get there? How can I get there safely? What can I do to help my myself being able to not only leave a place, but if I can't get out, find a way to hide until it is safe to get out. Another thing is <clears throat> when you're going to certain places, don't carry a big handbag. Slip something that you have, a crossbody bag, girls know that, a little backpack, a little wallet size bag that has a chain that you can slip over your body so it allows you also to take your, your belongings with you if you have to exit. Now let's get back to about school shooting. I think there are many things that can be done to save children in schools, but I do not believe their safety should be gun-toting teachers. That is the most preposterous, ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. You are asking teachers to be armed in a classroom where they have children. Anything can happen. You know yourself, if you are a gun owner, you're supposed to keep your, your guns locked. <clears throat> so first of all, you're slowing down the process if you have a gun in a schoolroom and that you've got to go get it. And then you're going to frighten the children that you're trying not to frighten by having the gunman there, by you being the gun-toting teacher. That's preposterous. It shouldn't be done. It starts at home. And I think um, this is what I would suggest to you. First and foremost, Maria, having a talk honestly with your children. If you think that your children are too young to understand, there's ways to go about that. Now, again, I'm no expert in this. This is just what I would do as a parent and as a teacher. I would also suggest that parents go to their schools, go to your principals, go to your PTA, and suggest, can we bring in a program of safety? Some schools I have already implemented it and have already beneficial. happened. But go to your school and say, I think that if you ask the parents. Now, Keep in mind, you're going to meet with resistance on this, too, because some parents think the best way to keep their child safe is to shield them from things. 
I can tell you, having been a parent for a long time now and a teacher for a long time, your child is going to find out about gun shooting. They're going to find out about drugs, violence, sex. So keeping it from them is never going to shield them. Your best defense for your child and for yourself is education. And what better place to do that than in school? Go to your administrators, go to your PTA, your school board and say, let's implement a school district wide program to help children know what to do. There are experts out there. They come from tactile forces, police forces, educators that know how to deal with crisis. They are actually crisis counselors. They do this for a living. They will be able to help you. But in the meantime, before those programs are implemented, as a parent, no matter how old your child is, the lines of communication are always their best defense. You should sit down with your children, Maria, and this goes for everybody else, and tell them, I am sure your older child knows and your younger child, you said, doesn't know and your older child is afraid to go to school. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. Afraid makes you vigilant. And every child should be taught to be vigilant. Little things. We, we were a big nation of stranger danger and teaching everybody that not all strangers look bad, not all strangers look you know terrible, that they can look like a grandma or grandpa or a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother. You must also tell them not everybody that you see that comes into your school is a safe person. So start by telling your children the one thing that you have to do when you go to school is to think, not it can happen, it may happen, but it's okay because I am having this conversation with my mother and the people that take care of my school, like my teachers, are there to save me, to help me, to keep me safe. I must have an active part in keeping myself safe. I think also as a teacher, it's a good idea. If you suggest to the teacher, they may not have thought of this, some of them may, there should always be a buddy system. Have your children buddy up with someone. Let the class buddy up with someone. Not that you're responsible for that person, but if you know you have a buddy and you get outside and your buddy's not with you, your teacher will immediately know that one of these children is mm -hmm. missing. You don't want any of your children to be missing, much the way you would in a fire drill. The most important thing as a parent part is to say these things to them, and I think this is the best way to approach it. Everybody in the world is not nice. Everybody in the world is not kind. Everybody in the world does not care about children or animals or other people. And sometimes these people get very sick. And they get sick in the worst part of their body, their head. And they don't mean to do these things, but they're so sick they can't help it. And by explaining that, it shows a child that it's not something that their best friend's going to do or their best friend's father. Because they'll recognize, oh, my best friend doesn't act like this. And you tell them that those people, they don't care about anyone. They don't even care about themselves. So they do come into schools and places like the movies, a restaurant, a library, um, a temple, a church, a concert, with the intent to hurt. Because they're so hurt inside, they want to hurt outside. The chances of this happening in your school are not great, but it's a possibility. And because it's a possibility, 
these are the things I want to do to help you. Now, your older child is going to get it right away, and you don't have to be so, you know, banal about it. But with your younger child, you want to do these things because they don't get it, but they do get it. They'll hear about it. They'll hear it from other kids. You know, little kids can come in. Uh, it happened after 9-11, and I'll recount a story in a moment about that. But tell the younger child or the younger children, you have to be careful and try not to be alone in the hallway. Yes, you have to go to the bathroom. Bathroom privileges should always be with a buddy. Now, I think it's more important to send more than a buddy. I think schools should start implementing plans where there are monitors in the hallway to make sure the two children going to the bathroom are getting to the bathroom, coming back from the bathroom. Also, too, maybe looking into bathrooms in classrooms. Exactly. I mean, I was fortunate we had bathrooms in my classroom, so I didn't have to worry mm -hmm. about that. Tell your children, try to minimize leaving the classroom. That's simple. Try to stay in your classroom as much as you can. If you do have to go to the bathroom, try to save it to your lunch period or recess where there will be a lot of children in the area. Also tell your children when something is going wrong and your teacher tells you something is going wrong, that is the time when you must be so quiet. Don't be mm -hmm. scared. Don't cry. Don't scream. Don't scream. Just be quiet. Say in your head, my teacher is going to keep me safe. And if they keep saying that in their head, it will keep them concentrating on saying that and not focusing on everybody else screaming and running and yelling because it's hardest when children are young to keep that focus there. So you just tell them, say in my head, my teacher is going to keep me safe. Or if they have a phrase that they say with you to repeat that, you can make up one for yourself. But allow them to do that when something is going wrong. And then, of course, tell them, listen carefully to what your teacher is <clears throat> telling you. Do exactly what the teacher tells you. Don't ask her questions. It's important that you make your children know not to ask questions at a time like that. Because if the teacher is trained, they already have a curriculum of what to do. And if they're not trained, they're trying to think on their feet. So the children screaming, yelling, and asking the question is going to distract them. It's going to keep everybody less safe. The other thing is you have to tell your children that when they go to school, it is very, very important to if something looks weird. Let's say they're the child that brings the attendance book into the office or they're the child that the teacher sends to get a note to somebody. Tell them if they're in the hallway and they see something that makes them feel weird, they should right away go to a teacher in any classroom in the office, in the lunchroom, anywhere. Because there might be someone who comes into the school, doesn't start shooting right away. Mm -hmm. Just kind of walks around to see what's going on. Tell your child, if you're in the hallway with your partner or yourself, and you see someone that you don't recognize as a teacher in your school, or just looks funny to you, or gives you a funny feeling in your tummy, go into any classroom, any office, and tell an adult. That's going to keep them safe. Now, another thing you should go over with your children is to say, there really is no way for any adult to prevent any of this from happening. We can keep children safer. We're going to try to keep children safer. But 
There is no way to prevent it completely on that level. I think that's that very important to not lure them into a false sense of security. Like, don't look at your child and say, it's never going to happen. Nothing will happen to you. Because that's lying. And, and then, it's not and helping them be prepared. Happen, right? they will not trust you. So you have to say, all mommy and daddy, or just mommy or just daddy, whatever the case is, is doing is going to show you how to be your best safe self. And, you know, accent the positive in it. Your teacher's going to help you. The school's going to help you. But those little things that I told you are going to help your child. Also, very, very, very important. Tell them if by chance something is going on in their school and the teacher or the principal or anybody is trying to get you out of the building, you need not take anything with you. You just go. Don't worry about your coat. Don't worry about your backpack. They'll be able to get that to you later. Make sure you make it so like... Those things are replaceable. We can get you a new backpack or new school supplies. And you don't even have to say new. Just say, those things are going to stay in your classroom, and when it's all over, you're going to be able to get them back. You just have to get out of the Focus building. on making sure they don't think, well, because I have to get... Some kids will not be excited about the idea of getting a new backpack. They want the one they have. So what you have to say to them is, don't worry about your backpack. Don't worry about your coat. If your teacher says, hurry up, let's go, you go. You be You'll the best You'll get your stuff back later. You. Keep emphasizing, if you listen to the teacher and you listen to what mommy and daddy have taught you, you're going to be the best safe you. That's the best way to teach little children because it's like it's like qualifying again. They're, they're like, oh, I get a gold star because I was the best safe That's something. So in addition to talking to your children, as I said, it starts at home. You know, do talk to the teacher if your child is already nervous about it. You as the parent go to your teacher and say, I want you to be aware that my child is Knows about, about what happens things. and is on edge. Because it can affect how they start performing in, in the classroom as And well. also they don't want to get, you don't want them to get in trouble because they're suddenly acting weird or doing weird things. And as I said, your best defense is at home in cooperation with your school and your teacher. Now, of course, there are other things we can do governmentally wise. And um, not many people are aware of it. There is a very, very stringent gun bill that we already have. There is another one that has been proposed, a very, very strict gun bill. And if you are a person listening to this and you own a gun, I'm not coming down at you. I'm not trying to be the police. I'm just trying to to tell you the consequences of irresponsible gun ownership hit children. No one thinks any day, I just sent my kid to school, and that's all they did. They sent their kids to school. So I think it's important to know there is a very strong gun bill right now sitting in Congress doing nothing. President's not looking at it. Nobody else is looking at it. And it's there. So maybe urge your Congress people, your lower level politicians in your area, let's get a stronger gun bill. I'm not saying take away the rights of anybody to have a gun, but there is no reason for people to be carrying the guns that they do for no other reason other than they can. There's okay. no reason a civilian needs an AR-15. That's a semi-automatic weapon. That's a military-grade weapon. That is not something that should just be so easily handed out to Think somebody. about this. The people that come in to save your children in an event like that is happening are not carrying those kinds of weapons. Police officers don't have those kinds of weapons. People that really need to protect don't have that weapon. That's a military weapon. 
And the other thing I think that everybody should do to help children, to help yourself, as I said, plan your escape route, plan a safety route. If you don't think you're going to be able to get out, what are you going to be able to do? Above all, remember that the best way to, to keep yourself out of these things is sometimes really just not to put yourself in certain situations. If you're in a place and you get a weird feeling, get out. Get out. Happened to us yesterday. It happens to us yesterday. We do it often. If there's just something that doesn't sit right with you, get out. Your inner gut, your inner feelings are the most perfect things in the world to tell you when danger is coming. We have a way of telling that danger is near. We do. Listen to. Getting back to children in school, I'm just going to go over the points. You heard how I told you to speak to children, especially those that are younger. Um, I wouldn't let them watch it on the news, but they may stumble across it. And if they do, don't get up, change the channel. Go into your, your conversation about it. I also suggest before they come to you, have the conversation. They may be silently suffering about it, but afraid to ask about it. So have the conversation before they stumble across it or someone else does. So the points are talk to your children at home. <clears throat> go to your teachers that your children have. Go to the school board. Go to the principal. Go to the PTA. Go to your local Congress people. Go to, even if there's, you know, people that are below the Congress people, a lot of you have legislators in your area. I don't know if you live in a city, a state. Start contacting these people and let them know about these things. Tell them you want programs brought into school. There are other things that can be done too. Of course, I don't know budgetary reasons what's going to go on in your school. Schools have the ability or should have the ability to keep all doors locked from the outside. It is against the law to lock them from the inside. It's a fire hazard. Children should also have the ability to go to school. Some parents don't like this idea. I'm not opposed to it. I never have been. Metal detectors. Metal detectors. Some schools have private security. Not opposed to that either. Perhaps instead of worrying about the greatest athletic field that they have, maybe a, a wall should be built around a school or a very, a very strong you know, gate Fence. that only allows people in or out by being buzzed in or out. And have sort of like what they have at gated communities, have someone sitting in a gatehouse. A gatehouse. All these things are things that can be proposed. I don't know if budgetary reasons will allow this. Schools are already suffering for school supplies, so mm -hmm. I don't know. But you know what? If it comes down to the safety of your children, there are ways to get safer things. I'm not opposed to them. A lot of people are like, I don't want my child's school to look like it's in a jail. If it prevents my child or any child from being shot, I don't care what the building looks like. I can like. tell a story about Children like a... will, will survive and thrive mm -hmm. in a safe environment. They're not really going to care if there's a gate around their school or there's a gatehouse person. They're not That's even going to realize. Um, I, I have a story to share about metal detectors in school. Um, I graduated from high school in 2007, so a very, very long time ago. I was homeschooled, though, after seventh grade, so I did not go to regular school after seventh grade. But um, I will talk about these things because like I said, these were never things that crossed my mind. I grew up in a generation of going to lots of concerts. I went to outdoor concerts. I went to the Backstreet Boys, the Spice Girls, all of that stuff. 
I was always at concerts growing up. I spent summers going to five, six, seven, eight concerts, never thought about it. When I was in seventh grade, my last year that I was actually in real school, they found a, a note or it was something written on the bathroom wall about that there was going to be some sort of shooting. They sent home a letter with us, and the next day they had metal detectors at our school. No one thought anything about it. We walked through them as girls. A lot of girls, when I was in school, we carried purses. They looked through our purses, and we went on with our day. It wasn't scary. It wasn't ominous. In fact, it made me feel really, really safe. Um, I had only grown up knowing about Columbine and knowing about what happened at Kent State. But other than that, school shooting never crossed my mind. I'm so grateful that I'm not in school today because I know that it is scary. I look everywhere I go at all the people that are there. Um, I most recently went to a concert a month ago and I had gone to Ranger Games for five years at Madison Square Garden and I went to see Fleetwood Mac at Madison Square Garden and it was really interesting to come in and me being like, okay, well, I'm sitting here and I could always run into this tunnel or go this way or go that way. To me now, it is second nature. Um, I am going to also tell another story about... And Madison Square Garden, by the way, had TSA kind of security. Security. You went through, like, what you do before you go on an airplane. Like it they put it. I felt so nice quick, and safe. It was organized. It was safe. And they didn't mess around. Like, no. if something went off, you stood there till they were 100% sure, sure there was what was going, going on. on. And they had and very strict rules of what can right. come in and, and out. And you should never, ever be annoyed by that. No. That's to keep you safe. I know that Don't people get pissed off about having to go through TSA and all of that stuff. I will never be annoyed about those things. I will go above and beyond for every safety measure, but I do want to share a story where it really was an altering thing for me about kind of where we're at in the world today. Um, my elementary school is literally around the block from where my parents' house is in New York. I loved and had the most positive elementary school experience I could ever imagine. It was the best school. As I said, I never worried about anything. I was safe. I have wonderful relationships with my elementary school teachers. These are people that I consider friends that I, I speak to every single day. Um, being back in New York now, helping my parents with the move and working on a show. I was here and I was going to drop off uh, autographed pictures for one of my teacher's sons. And I had kind of coordinated the whole thing with her. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go early in the morning as I'm on my way. I was going somewhere else. And she said, okay. And I drive, drove to my elementary school. Like I said, it's around the block from my house. And I had noticed a couple of times driving by there that the front of the school looked a little bit different. Um, when I went to school, it had these three red doors that were in the front. And I went up to the doors. And these doors were now really, really thick. And really really dark and I went to open the door and they were all locked I then noticed to the side of the door there is a camera and a little buzz thing like something you press and basically what had to happen is they like looked at me on the camera I had to say like who I was there to see what I had and it was so weird to not just be able to like walk up and into my elementary school these were bulletproof doors that were now on my elementary school they have a special door that's just for visitors that are held in like this little area. And these were things I never saw growing up because it would be like if I forgot, let's say, a textbook or a homework assignment at school, I would just go up to the school. I'd knock on the door. The custodian would let me in. I'd walk right in and go 
get whatever I left in the classroom. It was such a bizarre experience to be like my once super safe elementary school now has bulletproof doors and a camera and, and you know what? Thank God they do. I think it, it it's it's scary. And, it's and scary, but it's see, necessary. But it was so necessary. It's so necessary. And, and it's nice to see that a school took it serious. Another thing is I, I've always been a fearful person. I'm scared of everything and anything. I don't go out by myself. I don't care if at 28 years old people want to make fun of me for that. I don't drive by myself. I don't do anything by myself. I don't even like to be left in the house by myself. And our houses are alarmed and all of that stuff. I think it is super important to stress to people, especially women that are older, it's not always so smart to live by yourself or to go places by yourself because I think that makes you a target now for a lot of things. I think that you need to always be alert. We were in one of our malls one day that they had it on lockdown because someone stole something from a jewelry store. And I remember thinking how scary that was and how scared I would have been if I was by myself. I was with my mom. I think that it is important to be afraid because as my mom said earlier on, when you're afraid, you're vigilant towards making sure you're not in a situation like that. If you see something that looks or feels weird, even if no one does anything, you should feel good about the fact that you paid attention. It's a joke between everybody that my mom knows that when you go anywhere with her and she's sitting across from you, she's always looking over your shoulder or around that you think that someone is going to come up behind you, that something's going on. It's just the fact that she's kind of taking in the whole like situation. I'm being observant. I pay very it's, good attention to what's going on around It me. has now gotten to the point where we have left stores because we've seen people act suspicious. Also, too, something to pay attention to, we've done it a bunch of times. If you see someone wearing, someone wearing a lot of clothing and appear to be, like, holding on to a part of their clothing or look like they're hiding something, get far away from that because I've seen it. And, you know, maybe it's just someone that's a little off. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's a backpack. I don't know. But everything that she said, as a, as a girl now, I'm so careful. When I was going to this concert um, about a month ago, I made sure I didn't wear too high of a heel. I I was never a person that wore crossbodies. I buy so many of them now because when I go out to places like the movie theater, like concerts, I just know I have to, like, pick myself up and go. And another thing too, especially at movie theaters now, because they are like 3D and IMAX and everything, I think every so often you should do a little look around when you're in the movie theater. Uh, we sit very close to the exits. We have all of those like stadium theaters by us. We used to love to sit all the way at the top in the back. Nope, not anymore. I think it's very important to sometimes think of the worst case scenario and plan it in your head it's always being prepared prepared is the way to do everything today there's even a, even in the supermarket right you have if to you're think in the supermarket take a look around your supermarket say okay if an active shooter was to come into the supermarket what's my best line of defense mm -hmm. your best line of defense is to run towards the back where they get all the food to come in from and run out back there. There's an opening back there. They bring the food in through the back of the store. There's always openings always for the trucks. pay attention to where the food gets loaded into mm -hmm. the store. Get out that way. 
Also, sometimes back there, there's a storage room or something that you locks. can hide in and locks. A bathroom. Don't stay sitting where you are. Because then you are you know, sitting up. Behind your car or hide behind a display. If that's your only option, of course. But there are options. Plan it and go and look at it. Think about it every time you go into the There store. are so many times my mom and I go places, and as we're going there or when we're there, we start preparing. There's a new thing that we started doing recently. If either one of us gets a feeling about somewhere where we're going to go, we tell the other and we decide not going to do it. And I know that people could think that that's being extreme, but there have been so many times... Even little things like, you know, you go back inside because you forget something or you want to make sure you lock the door. Um, that happens to us all the time. And then we come out and then there was like a car accident or something like that. That's your that's your gut. That's your instincts. Listen to that. If you wake up one day and you were supposed to go to a certain area to do something and something just doesn't feel right. Or somebody can't. Listen. Right. Just you, you know what? I'm not, I can't make it today. Instead of getting mad at them, don't just say there's a reason. And then don't be like, well, yeah, I'll go myself. Don't. Say, you know what? Going to reschedule. So what? So you rescheduled. It's not that big a deal. You have to put your safety first because right now we're living in a world where they're not putting our safety first. And I mean, I watched a whole thing the other day on CNN. And by nature, I'm not the most emotional person. I'm really not. But I was sitting there in tears watching. I watched a 12-year-old little boy that said he had his hand on a metal baseball bat and he was going to go down fighting if he had to go down. That to me was just like, like to think of, I think of like 12-year-old Oriana and what 12-year-old Oriana was doing and afraid of. And it certainly wasn't thinking about, you know, fighting off a shooter when I was at dance or if I was in school or at my music lessons. It wasn't any of those things. And like, I just want to say to people that are going to turn this podcast off or are going to get angry, is owning something worth the lives of all of these children, of all these people? Forget just children because people have lost their lives too. The people that have lost their lives in the Pulse nightclub shooting, the people that lost their lives in the shooting in Las Vegas, all of the other shootings that have happened since 2011, which the statistics are now astronomical. The life of a human being is not worth the need for you to be like, well, we can have these things, so we should have them. Because there's a lot of things you should, you can have, but you shouldn't. I think it's important to touch upon one other thing that affects everything in this case. Teach your children from the time that they are young and they are going to be in public and be in school and be around people. Don't hurt people. Don't make fun of them. Don't be unkind. Don't make someone feel bad because they look different than you, act different than you, are different than because you. Because bullying is a, a very large cause of these things. Bullying leads a lot to this hatred. And I, I don't want to get too far into this, but sometimes when I do see these people that do these things, in some cases, the person that was the shooter is a very frightened, very bullied, very hurt at home, in school, and everywhere they go child themselves. And they just couldn't take it anymore. Do not allow your children to be that person that pushes them over the edge. You must also talk to the teachers and school boards about bullying. I know it's a big thing that's talked about a lot in school. But it's still happening. Maybe not enough. 
maybe not enough. So if it starts with you as a parent to say, no matter who you come across in school or anywhere else, they're just like you. They have bones and blood and parents and sisters and dogs and cats, and they play soccer and they sing and they dance just like you because they look different or act different. They're not really that different. And just because of those little things, you cannot treat them badly. And also, too, this brings another point into it as to why we need to really make sure for our children, for their future, to worry about mental health. There is not enough government funding for mental health, and a lot of these people do suffer from mental health issues. And those are things that need to be addressed. It is a sickness. It's an illness like any other illness, just like any other illness. And you can't, you know, seeing some some of the things that happen, sometimes it is adults that do these things, and sometimes it's children. And it's more heartbreaking when it's children killing children because most times that kid was backed up into a corner and all they needed was kindness and all they needed was to fit in, just like your kids. Um, I do have a problem, though, with people that, Keep them, you know, let's keep them anonymous. No, you need to tell who killed who. You need to know the names of these children. I don't think that when you're found with a gun in your hand that you deserve anonymity. That's that's not it either. But um, getting away from all of this, as I said, the best way to, to do this is to talk to your children at home. Work hand in hand with the administrators of the school, the teachers, your local politicians. Um, and above all else... Remember these children. Remember those that died because of this. These are all deaths that could have been prevented. They weren't in war. They weren't killed in car accidents. They were in school. They were only in school. And I always think they just went to school. That's all they did. It's just like the people on 9-11. They just went to work. That's it. So... If you set the good example by being kind to people, your children will see that. That's where it starts. And, you know, I I don't want to name each and every incident that has happened, but we all know there's been a lot of them. And to know that you're not safe in your house of worship, in your school, in a concert, in the supermarket, That's a really hard pill to swallow. You're not even safe in homes now. Home invasions are up skyrocketing, skyrocketing numbers of home invasions. So keep your children safe and just remember at night when you put them to bed, you're a very lucky person because someone tonight is putting no one to bed. That person's gone. So be grateful. Don't don't be so short-tempered with your children. Don't get mad at the little children-y things they do. Be grateful. And, you know, this this was meant to be a really serious podcast, and, and I don't want to not end on a serious note, but um, I'm going to recount a story. As I said, I was teaching kindergarten when 9-11 happened, and I did have some children whose parents worked in the World Trade Center. I even had a child whose parent was at the Pentagon. But the interesting thing was, um, you know, it was an iffy subject. I had really young children. Should we talk about it? Should we not talk about it? And um, 
I had a very wonderful class, as I always felt that I did. And the children, you know, they kind of knew something was on. And um, what happened is one of the children that was not in my class, but their mother I was very friendly with, she worked in the building that was struck on 9-11. And we hadn't heard from her for the longest time. And about two days later, when school was still going on, she walked in and dropped off her daughter. And I was so happy to see her. And we hugged and everything. And I went back into my classroom. And one of the children said to me, I saw you hug Nicole's mommy. And I said, yes, I, I did. And they said, why? And I said, oh, because I didn't know if I was going to be able to see Nicole's mommy anytime soon. And I was very excited to see her come into our building. And one of the little boys in my class said, isn't it nice when you don't think you're going to see your friends, but then you see them? And I said, isn't that the nicest thing that happened? And he said, one night I got home and I was very, very upset. And I said, why were you upset? And he said, because I heard that this building had a plane go through it. And now I'm in the thick of it. And I said, yeah. And he said, and my mom and dad said, it's okay. We, we weren't there and we're safe. He said, and I started thinking, what if that happened to my mommy or daddy? Or what if that happened to you? And I said, well, you know, those things do happen, but you're lucky because you're safe and your mom and dad's safe and I'm safe. And he said to me, I think we should hug. And that was, that was the most wonderful thing because it was days and weeks and months of this 9-11 weighing heavy on everybody. And he just said, you know, that's a good idea. I think if more people just hugged. And he got it. So it just goes back to what I told you. If you show your children kindness to be kind to others, we can stop some of the bullying. We're not going to stop the gun violence completely that way, but it could be a step towards it. So give somebody a hug today. Be grateful for having them. And, you know, above all, thank you for listening to this. Maria Garcia from Kansas City, I thank you so much for bringing this to light. It was a great topic to talk about, and I'm glad that you wanted to know. I hope that Oriana and I helped you. If you have any more questions, please contact us, and I'd be more than happy to help you in any way to get you to the people you need to get to, or if you even want more words or more advice. Absolutely. And that goes for all of our listeners. <clears throat> Anything that we can help you for. We want to have fun with you. We want you to stay cozy. You know, we want to do the little funny gossip things and the things that drive us crazy. But sometimes we want to hit these topics because they affect all of us. And we are all just one big family listening to these things. So thank you. Thank you again, Maria, for reaching out to us. And as my mom already said, if you ever have a question or you want to be featured on here, you just want to tell us something, both of our social media is linked below, as well as my email is always open. That's where Maria reached out to me, and that's where you guys can send other podcast topics. And Leslie Mann's daughter, I hope you're listening to this. Hug your mommy today. Yes, please hug your mommy. And we love your mommy, too. So Yes, yeah. and hug. we'll hug her, too. We'll hug her, too. If you don't do it, but I'm <laughs> counting on you to do it. I know you will. So thank you guys so much for listening we hope to see you all next time. Until then, stay safe, be vigilant, and stay cozy.